0: Welcome to the Dr. Dion show where real conversations about diversity matter. I'm an educator and consultant specializing in diversity and inclusion. In this show, I interview top experts and people like you and me, highlighting issues like race, gender, and disability. I'm here to create change, expand your understanding of what diversity means, and to continue the mission toward equality so that everyone has a fair shake. This show is not for the faint of heart, so put on your big girl and big boy pants and ride along. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Dion Show. I am super excited today. I'm joined by one of my dearest friends. His name is Mr. Keith Merrith, who is a retired police superintendent, police superintendent, of a major um, police services board in Ontario, Canada. Welcome, Keith.
1: Welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: I am so thrilled that you're here, as I just said. So how many years have you been, or were you in law enforcement?
1: Well, I served uh, 31 years and just retired last year, February. So Wow. It was a pretty good run.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And how, and how are you enjoying retirement?
1: I, I got to tell you, it's, it's better than sliced bread. You know, I get—I really? got a chance to to actually breathe. You know, to wow. uh, to look at part two in a different light, and it's been fantastic. It's been wonderful.
0: Oh, I love the way that you put that, part two.
1: Yeah, Interesting. absolutely, absolutely, part two.
0: Now, when you say you can breathe, what what does that mean?
1: What it means is that I've been running full bore for thirty one years. Uh, police is very policing is very demanding. Uh, plus, I have a lot of social initiatives that I I have been attached to for. Uh, over 30 uh, plus years. Mm-hmm. So I'm busy 24-7 uh, during the day, during the evenings, during the nights. I've been busy for 31 years. Now I have an opportunity to just slow down and catch my breath and enjoy, have a look around and see what's going on, smell the yes. flowers. It's beautiful. It's all that's good. It's
0: lovely. And yeah. I'll bet also have an opportunity to spend more time with your, your lovely wife and your beautiful daughters.
1: Oh, that's an absolute must. I'm
0: yeah. sure. I'm for sure. sure. Yeah. So, so in terms of your, your the, the stuff you do in the community, I know that you are the former president of the Association of Black Law Enforcement, and, and and can you talk a little bit about that about that? Because people will say Black Law Enforcement. Why do we need Why do we need that kind of organization in in Ontario, where people assume that there aren't many people of color, or that, um, that, that or even that people are even um, because 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 there's 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 a um, uh, a push for multiculturalism that maybe people don't think that they necessarily have to have that kind of establishment or that kind of organization. Can you explain why,
1: why you're a part of that or wh- why you were a part of that and what was the purpose of it? Absolutely, yeah. So ABLE's been around for the past 25 years. Hmm. And at the beginning, um, we, uh, a number of us that were in law enforcement and in the justice service system uh, felt that we were not being treated properly. There were st- systemic barriers, there were biases, there is unfair treatment, unfair work opportunities. Uh, the list goes on and on. And we knew that individually we would not be successful. So we had to form a collective body to address a number of these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the group, ABLE, we uh, started out as advocates. We advocated for our black officers, uh, male and female, who were in the system, who were not treated properly. We advocated for uh, uh, hiring of minority officers. We advocated for promotion mm-hmm. of minority officers. We, uh, we branched out into bridge building. We uh, connected with the community about issues that were going on within our black community, where uh, there was a, uh, a rift between police and the black community. Uh, we uh, further enhanced our organization by uh, having a youth uh, uh, portion where we gave out scholarships. Uh, we did mentorships. We, we, did, we, you know, we guided, directed, and uh, and uh, obviously um, moved people into positions where they could, uh, or situations where they could be hired within the system. So yeah. that's what Able was about. We did that <laughs> for the past twenty-five years, and we will continue to do that.
0: That's awesome. And um, actually, I saw you like at the one. Uh, was it early this year? I guess so.
1: Yeah, the Able Wall.
0: Yes, right. Yes. Able so I've yeah. gone to a couple of them, and it's it's amazing work that um that that uh, you you've all been doing. So when you say unfair treatment, can you can you not necessarily go into details about you know any particular people, but when you say unfair treatment and biases, what what are you referring to? Because you know this is this is a conversation that obviously matters because it's about diversity, and and I'm curious to know what what how do you define that?
1: Well, I could probably define it best by uh, giving you an example or two of what it is I'm talking about. So let's talk specifically policing. Uh, Thirty one years ago, there were not a lot of individuals on the service that looked like us mm-hmm. it just wasn't the case so therefore you have a lot of uh, individuals uh, male whites primarily uh, that now we're only uh, working um, with you but they were your supervisors and they were the managers and what happened systematically was that the treatment that you received versus the treatment of your white partner was vastly different, hmm. and they would, there was no apology for it. Uh, you would be left out of uh, significant uh, initiatives. You were not given opportunities to uh, move into uh, different areas such as criminal investigation branch, homicide branch, uh, robbery units, the specialized units. You just They just wouldn't put you there. Um, wow. And here's the kicker, is that the people that you worked with did not want you to be uh, on their level, and they certainly didn't want you to be their boss. Mm-hmm. So they fought <laughs> against you too. So it, the, the whole system was, was geared to uh, making you feel that you were not worthy of the position that you actually uh, uh, aspire to.
0: So, and, and, and that, in essence, is what racism is.
1: Absolutely, 100%. Uh, the bigotry, the the uh, unfair uh, practices, there are people in authority that have dominance over you because mm-hmm. of the fact that they're in positions of authority and they abused it. And uh, we, we certainly were not going to put up with that. We're not tolerating that.
0: Well, then, so you mentioned ABLE, but how, as, as I know, ABLE as, as an organization, an entity that you said uh, existed to help people collectively have more power than doing on your own. But how did you navigate that. that. That's remarkable that you made it all the way up to superintendent, the highest position possible in a, new, in a, in a, in a police force. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm surprised too, in, 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 in some ways, in some respects, because uh, the odds are stacked against you. Absolutely. There's so few of us in uh, that level of uh, policing in, in Ontario, primarily. Um, it's shameful. But There were a couple of things that was a must. Uh, I knew intuitively that I had to work three times harder than the other folks. Mm -hmm. That was just a given, and I did. And believe me, uh, Dion, it was every day, every day. Um, In the early days, um, a simple thing as uh, going out and uh, investigating an accident, coming back in and submitting your reports, my reports would go missing. They would take my reports and tear them up and i would not know they would go missing the next day i'd come into work and uh, i would be in the uh, staff sergeant's office uh, explaining that i've in fact submitted the report i mean wow that's a that's a simple example of, of what we had to navigate back in the day remember this is 30 years ago okay, okay. Um, it was it was really holding your own and when i say holding your own i meant this uh, that you stood up when it was appropriate to do that. You had to choose your battles back then because it was mm-hmm. not a lot of you. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. And then you had to have the vision, every single thing that you could possibly think of that would be a barrier to prevent you from doing or attaining the level that you want to attain. You had to get over that. So, if you are going to apply for a CIB position, you need to know what it is, is the requirement for that position and you have to overcome that before you even apply for that position. Sorry, what's, what's CIB? I'm sorry, it's Criminal Investigation Bureau. Okay, no problem. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, it was jumping over those hurdles. It was seeing the hurdles in front of you and making sure that you had already jumped over those hurdles before they had an opportunity to knock you down. Wow. Yeah. So as, as, uh, as I moved through the ranks, um, you know, one of the issues was uh, having a degree. I did not have a degree when I joined the hmm. service. Yeah, okay. I need a degree because that's what you're going to hold me back on. Went and got the degree, you know. So that was the kind of uh, mindset that, that we have to have in order to achieve under those conditions. Now, Abel helped a lot because we went in and we marched and we made noise and we went to the press and we uh, petitioned the government and all of that. Uh, so we had some kind of momentum on our side as, as we progressed uh, through <clears throat> and through the ranks. But uh, man, you, you got to stand up and you just got to make it right. You got to do everything possible for them not to be able to cancel you out.
0: And I and I love that. And I think um, you know you're speaking of policing, but I think that that message can 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 it, it it can it transcends every industry and and can support any person of color in particular who's trying to succeed and 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 move beyond where they are um, in, the, in their in respective workplaces. Because you know it's racism is 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 very much alive. Uh, it does affect people. But I love the fact that that you did not allow that to to deter you. And to not uh, to, to keep you back, and I, I can, I'm I'm sad for some of the people who who face these barriers and they just decide to give up. Um, yeah, which it, is that's a fact. So yes, that, that's an absolute fact. Absolutely. Yes. And so yes. so for you to persevere and then to ascend to that level, it's I mean it's 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 um obviously you know we can tell you're brilliant, uh, but uh, it's 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 a testament to your your strength and your fortitude, I'm sure,
1: because it's it's got to be ha- that had to have been difficult. It was, it was, it was very difficult. Uh, Dion, um, if I were to tell you some of the things that happened to me, it would be difficult for you to believe me because they were so horrendous back in the day. Remember, we're talking 30 years ago.
2: Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm.
1: I was, uh, when I joined the service, there was only one other black member on the service at the time that I joined. Wow. That just, so there was two of us.
0: Out of how know? many people?
1: How many officers? Uh, At that time, at that time, were you looking at four or five hundred members? At that time. What? Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Wow. So we're now we're now up to uh, probably around sixteen hundred members now. Huh. Uh, So I'm sorry, sixteen hundred under hundred officers, but the service uh, carries about two thousand members.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, so, now you so you described how it was thirty years ago. When did you start to see a shift? How, sorry, first of all, I'm, I'm making an assumption. Has it changed? And if so, when do you start to see that
1: whole trend shift? Well, it's unique to Ontario. I'll tell you that right off the bat. The it has changed. Uh, it had to change. It the the service. Uh, Police services right across North America would have collapsed if they didn't change. Hmm. And listen to me, they went through the change kicking and scratching and fighting all the way. I'll bet. In the the province of Ontario, there was a significant change in the government. And that was uh, uh, the premier at the time, Bob Ray, came into power. Mm -hmm. And this gentleman had uh, some insight. Really, he had some foresight in terms of how he saw uh, government institutions. And what he basically said to this police services in Ontario was, it is not your police service. It's the public's police service. It must be reflective of the community that you serve. Lovely. That's what he said. And he said, make it happen. And at that point, the services had no uh, uh, option but to start to include uh, diverse members within their ranks and that includes women because yes, the women, the women had a rough time um, uh, Joining a male uh, Establishment they had a, terrible time, a terrible time and within the ranks within the service themselves um, Think about trying to operate as a woman in a male dominated
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Paramilitary organization uh, It was rough.
0: I can um, only so, imagine.
1: Yeah, so w- I'm talking inclusivity, I'm talking about females, uh, and also visible minorities. And uh, slowly it changed. So I, I love that mandate from Bob Ray, uh, yes. just saying, you know what, you have to
0: just make it happen. So, so, so which, which means that it's feasible. In basically every community that's around, because the, 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 to this day it's 2018, and there's 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 still this complaint about uh, or 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 the recognition that there's a, there's, a, there's a discrepancy between the number of 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 people of color who are policing in certain communities and the actual people they're policing, and and so there's always this argument that you know what if you have people that look like you policing you then 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 that will make that, that would improve the police um and the police and citizen relations so. So it sounds like it's just a matter of, it's, it's,
1: it's a decision. Yeah, there's no question it's a decision. I, and I should add, uh, in my service, um, uh, after that pronouncement, a few years had uh, gone by and it was very, very slow in terms of um, minorities, uh, visible minorities, women getting on the service. But uh, we happened to have a police chief uh, a number of years after that pronouncement that believed in it. Mm -hmm. uh, That man made quite a bit of difference in terms of the numbers of visible minorities and females that actually ended up on the service, our service in particular.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: he set the example for the police services right across Canada in terms of the diversity hires. So we had somebody on the inside that believed in it and had the power or authority to make the, the, the drastic changes and he did.
0: And I, I love that. And I know that we've, we, we, we've spoken about this in, in the past. And I love what you did in particular, because when you became the superintendent, you recognized that the, the, the numbers weren't where they should be in terms of recruitment, in terms of the number of people making it through, even through the door, so to speak. So yes. what, what did you do as, 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 a, as a leader? And I think this is a good message for leaders of any um, entity uh, listening, because I think it's a cop-out that if you, that that's it's a cop out to say oh there're not enough not enough diverse candidates or we can't find anybody if you look hard enough you can find people and also find, find and change your procedures in order to make sure that it happens so can you, can you share what you did
1: yeah well, it's, a, it's a very interesting story and i'll kind of uh, I'll, I'll make it concise um, but it's going to be um, you're going to need to concentrate a little bit to follow me and i'll I'll try to make it as plain as i possibly can Uh, I challenged the organization. I wasn't seeing the diversity in, you know, the year 2000 plus. Um, Our our numbers should have been significantly higher in terms of visible minorities and females. It wasn't there. Uh, In 2015, I challenged the organization uh, out loud uh, that there needs to be, uh, uh, they need to do better. Uh, They turned around and pushed back and said, okay, you think you can do better, go ahead. And they put me in charge of the recruiting bureau. <laughs> there I am. So I went in there and I took a deep dive. I had a look around and, and tried to figure out what, what's the problem? Why aren't we hiring the diversity that we should be hiring? I've, I came up with two reasons. The first was numbers. And the second reason was the authority granted to the recruiters. So let's talk about the numbers real quick. And just for sake of simplicity, I'm gonna talk to you about uh, the number 100 and work backwards. So there was overwhelmingly amount of male applicants uh, for every visible minority applicant. So if we got 100 uh, male white applications, we would get 20 visible minority applications and we would get 20 females. That's just, uh, we're just talking simple numbers now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So uh, the period of time that we work in terms of uh, a class is uh, four months turnaround. So you can uh, just multiply the numbers. If, if it's four months, you've got now 400 applicants, male, white, and you've got 80 applicants, visible minorities, and 20 and 80 uh, females. So at some point in time, you're gonna have to cut the numbers down in order to uh, build your class mm-hmm. so let's work with the number of 140, 100 white males um, and 20 uh, visible minorities and 20 females so let's work with that number real quick um, if you were to um, cut the numbers in half because there's not a, every candidate is going to be successful so let's talk a 50% rate okay mm-hmm. Well, you go through the process and you knock off 50%. That's 50 male whites, and you've got 10 visible minorities, and you've got 10 females. Okay. Ne- knock that out in half again, because the, the process is very rigid. Uh, it's quite complicated. Let's knock that off again. So now you have 25 male whites, mm-hmm. and you have five visible minorities and five females. We hire 30 at a time. Oh, Thirty. Wow. At a- Mm -hmm. So you have 25 white males competing against five visible minorities and five females for 30 jobs. You can see at the end of the day, um, you'll get one or two visible minorities, one or two females, and the overwhelming number of recruits will be male white. Yes, just Just by sheer numbers. By sheer numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So the way to cancel that out, is we have hundreds of files that come in. So every class that we were building, I would go into those hundreds of files that we have. I will pull out the female candidates and the diverse candidates. So now, if we're going to work with the the number 140, um, I would make the ratios quite different. And the ratios would be uh, something like I would have, Let's say 60 male whites
2: mm-hmm.
1: in there, and I would have uh, 40 females and visible minorities. So now you have 60, 40, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of the numbers, in terms of the ratios, if we're if we're actually talking with um, about 140, I'm sorry, um, uh, the, working with the number 140, um, the ratio would be 80 to 60. But what you want to do, uh, sorry, it, it's 100 male whites to 140 um, visible minorities and women. You get the ratio down to 90-50. Mm-hmm. You get the ratio down to 80-60. So when you are now flushing it all out, the numbers are closer. You have, let's say, 80 white males for 60 visible minorities and women. Yes. Y- you you have more competition. So okay. when it's- Mm-hmm. you have more uh, visible minorities and women. I know it's a little complicated.
0: Oh no, no, I, I, I think it's, I think it's a fair process. But I, I'm just to play devil's advocate because I'm sure pe- some people are listening, saying, "Well, oh, these, you're just, you're just trying to create quotas. This is, this is a quota system. What if they're not qualified? What, 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 how would you answer that?"
1: Well, here's the beauty of, of how uh, we, we made it work, is that we did not touch, we did not touch anything to do with the standards of the recruiting process, Mm
2: -hmm. zero.
1: We touched nothing. All the testing was the same, the interviews were the same, the process was the same, the background investigation was the same. We touched nothing. All we did was balance out the numbers. Yes. That's all we did. And when you, if you had a a fair playing field where you had 50% visible minorities and 50% male whites, and you put them together and made the best man win, yeah we've got nothing to complain about yes when the odds are 100 to 20 that's right just by numbers itself mm-hmm. you're not going to get the numbers that you the results that you want
0: and and i and i and i love that you're that you're talking about this because uh many people believe that in 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 a quest to diversify their workplace environments there's this belief that oh that person just got the job because they're black or because they're Indian because they're whatever, not because they're qualified. But they got it. They got it because they're because this because their skin color trying to fill trying to fill a quota. And I think that's a, that's a that's a um, it's 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 not fair for, people, for 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 diverse candidates, who are qualified,
1: to be in those yeah. positions. You're you're hundred percent right. We did not touch that process whatsoever. So there is no argument mm-hmm. about if these individuals are qualified because the process was not changed for them. yes. It's a process that every candidate has to go through mm-hmm. and they have to pass. There is no question, they have to pass. If they don't pass, they flush out.
0: I love that. And, and, that's, and that's the whole notion of, as you said, a, a level playing field. It's, it's allowing people the opportunity to get on the field and yes. to play and to, get, and to have the same equipment, <laughs> to, 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 to follow the same rules, and 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 give an opportunity to, to, to show what they have, and and that's and that's in essence what, what what diversity is, and and, and inclusion is, is giving people an opportunity to to it's actually um, removing the barriers, the systemic barriers that are in place, and allowing people an opportunity to come in and, and and actually show what they have and what they're able to do.
1: So I mean I couldn't have said that any better. That's that's brilliant. Remember uh, in in Canada, I'm going to speak to Canada. and It's probably the same in the United States of America. Um, Visible minorities and women were not hired in the police service. Mm -hmm. Uh, One or two would get on, but they were not hired. So you are already at a disadvantage in terms of numbers. You're you're at a disadvantage. So for every uh, uh, process that they have, Mm -hmm. there's an overwhelming amount of white applicants going against a small number of visible minorities and women. Mm -hmm. That's just the fact. Yes. So anything you can do to balance that out, makes sense. Absolutely. Makes sense.
0: And, and so you mentioned that you recognize another problem. said so you, 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 you said that the numbers were a problem. And secondly, you said um, it was the, the authority granted to the recruiters. Can you, can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So to my surprise, uh, the actual recruiters themselves had the um, authority to cancel out candidates. Hold on, hold on. Say that again, please. So, The actual recruiters themselves, the persons, the individuals uh, assigned to the recruiting bureau, Mm -hmm. they had the authority to cancel out um, the individual candidates. Singular? Yes. So any one recruiter could pick up a file and just say no, and that was it. The file was discarded. Oh, wow. They They had the authority to do that. That had to stop right away, because what what I found when I took that deep dive was there was all kinds of biases and 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 uh, i I would suggest untoward handling of the files okay. that fill out a number of our visible minority candidates and females, so I instituted a process where. They were not, the individual recruiters were not allowed to cancel anybody. It, the file, if they had a problem with the file not going through, they would have to hand it off to a supervisor, and that supervisor would have to bring it and put it on my desk for me to review it. That's awesome. Account- accountability. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. That's, that's great. That file had to come. Now is a lot of work. I'm sure. Lot of work right? I'm sure. I'm sure. But um, it needed to be done because I was not satisfied that they were doing justice mm-hmm. uh, to visible minority candidates. Whether it was per- on purpose or their individual bias or whatever the case was, I don't know. Um, I, can, I can assume some things, but you know, it, it's within their own mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that had to stop right away. And it made a huge difference in terms of the numbers of, of our candidates. Um, having an opportunity to compete.
0: Oh, interesting, interesting. Right. So, so I guess that that came back to improving the number. So the ratio you had like 100 to 20, it probably, it probably went from like 100 to whatever number since it, for the, for just, by, just by stopping that um, yes. recruiter, a recruiter be able to, to
1: kind of just cancel somebody out just for no reason. Yes, yes. And, mm-hmm. and you know, some, sometimes there were legitimate reasons, I get it, mm-hmm. um, but um, there were a number of cases that were suspect. Right, mm-hmm. and when I reviewed it, um, it was it was obvious to me that uh, it, you know the recruiter had made a judgment that was problematic. Wow! And so, did you
0: ever have to circle back with those recruiters?
1: Oh, absolutely, I did. Oh, you did? Oh, no question Good at for all. You, um, you know, I, I instituted a policy that they were not uh, allowed to cancel any of the files. There was a lot of resistance about that, questioning their. Uh, um, their ability to make sound judgments and all the rest of it—nonsense, you know. Yes. Um, they had no accountability, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now they had to—they uh, had to answer to me. Yes. To answer to me is the officer in charge of the unit. They needed to answer to me if they're going to make that decision, uh, or uh, think they were going to make that decision. Yeah. They had to to me, and they didn't like it.
0: And and I and I love that because I think again in in, in policing in every workplace. No not one person should have all the authority to make those kind of decisions because because you know people have biases and people people make make make, make decisions that, that not necessarily about about the content that they're looking at but because of whatever i't do know maybe that person triggers something in that person there's an insecurity there's a, a, a sense of competition uh, so so having those kind of accountability systems in place and making sure that there's' there, there's, there's, there's like a checklist and, and, and having more than one person reviewing information always helps to offset those kind of biases that, 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 uh, that come out in people, whether intentional or not. But as you said, the accountability system is extremely important, especially when you're trying to diversify your workplaces. So I, I, I love what you're
1: doing. Well, let me tell you another um, unintended consequence of that hmm. was um, there were a lot of complaints, a, a lot of complaints uh, from the candidates themselves that the recruiters were treating them Rudely, really? Uh, yeah, they were rude and disrespectful to them. Now, if you have a candidate complaining mm-hmm. that their treatment was that bad, you must know that it was terrible uh, okay. for them.
0: Okay. So, sorry. So, how how do they know? How do the candidates? How do the candidates know that they're being treated unfairly or, or rudely? Do they have to actually hand deliver their applications?
1: Absolutely. So, in the, the process that we uh, uh, had in place at the time. I was Mm -hmm. there was all of the candidates had to physically hand in their application. So they had to come to the station and hand hand the envelope, their package over to a recruiter. Uh, You know, since I've left, they're working on um, electronically submitting the applications, but Uh at the time uh, they had to, the candidates had to walk the applications in. So that's
0: wow. Well, I'm glad you, you. that's problematic. So I can, I can walk in. And encounter a recruiter, yes. and if that person does not like how I look, they can right. just take the file on their own and say, oh, I don't like how that person looks, and that's
1: it? That's how it. It's done. And they do not have to provide a reason to you yes. as to why they, uh, you were canceled. So oftentimes, you wow. would never know why, right? Any, anywhere along the process, they do not have to provide a reason why you were canceled out. That's crazy.
0: And then so and then so how did you get wind of the candidates complaining about the recruiters did they actually reach out to you how did you how
1: did you find out about that yeah well interestingly enough it was um more to do with relatives of the recruiter of the uh, the individual recruit or huh. applicant i'm sorry that that knew me uh you know through community involvement and so on would come to me and, and complain, say that uh, their son, their daughter, their aunt, their uncle, whoever, was treated so badly by the recruiter. And wow. then I started to look into it a little bit deeper, and I found a number of letters uh, my predecessor had in his file uh, of complaints where the, the candidates actually wrote in and complained about their treatment. So an unintended consequence of taking the power away from the recruiters mm-hmm. was that the civility, um, got better. Wow. As Well, you know, uh, they yes. they did not have the power to, to, you know, play. I, I don't want to use the term play God, but just play. Well, it's uh, power tripping. Yeah. Play the overseer. Yep. Um, and and the changing of the guard, meaning that a new boss is in town and things are going to be different now, plus the addressing the fact that um, a number of individuals have complained to me about the way they were treated, mm-hmm. the civility went up. I mean, they started to treat these candidates how they should have been treated in the first place. That's awesome. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was I really love good. that.
0: So mm-hmm. you, so you, so you, in essence, changed
1: the the, the culture. Of the, 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 you have to. I mean, you know, it, it, it was systemic. Um, now I don't know if it, it it sort of drifted into into the way it was when I got there. I don't know that, mm-hmm. but uh, it certainly wasn't up to par, and and that's that was just apparent.
0: Well, it sounds like you're a really good leader because I, you know, I always say too that we, if I walk into an mm-hmm. establishment. And if the face of these, the, 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 the person at the front desk when you walk in, they're, they're the face of the organization, of any organization. And if that person is not nice, then that tells, that tells me who the leader is automatically. That's just my, just, I, I, I could be wrong, but I just say, you know what, because that person is allowed to behave that way. If that person is mistreating the public, they are allowed to behave that way. And, I'll, and I guarantee you that more than likely the, 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 the leader
1: also behaves that way as well. It comes from the top down. There's no question. And Dion, here, here's here's the thing. Uh, we talk about diverse candidates. We talk about females. I am a diverse candidate. I went through the process of trying to get on the job. I went to 13 police departments. 13. Wow. Six years of trying before I was hired. I was treated uh, in those derogatory ways and those uncivilized ways and, and uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the way that I shouldn't have been treated, I, I went through all of that. Mm-hmm. And you don't forget that. You yes. do not forget that. You carry that with you. So it was part of that experience as a black man trying to get onto a male-dominated police organization that, that made me appreciate what it is to uh to apply and try to get onto the job, so I wasn't having any of it i they They, they got away with it thirty years ago, not today it's I love not. That.
0: I love that. And, and, and the flip side to that, uh, you know, you, you are an anomaly sometimes too, because, because sometimes people say, well, I paid my dues, so I'm going to, I don't care. So I'm, I'm, I'm where I need to be. So who cares about anybody else? And they don't make those, those concerted efforts to change things because they say, I paid my dues, so I'm going to make them pay their dues, their dues as well. So I'm glad you took, you, you, you've
1: taken that approach. Oh, absolutely. What that paid dues thing is, is total nonsense and, and it doesn't belong anywhere. It's foolishness. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it just, just, just doesn't belong anywhere.
0: Because our job is to help smooth the path for, the, yes. for, the, for those that are coming behind us. Yes. So they don't have to, have to knock down the barriers that, that, we've, been, that we've been knocking down. And, 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 and hopefully things will be, be, be more um, um, equitable.
1: Well, it's incumbent upon us, those of us who have reached a position where we have some say, we mm-hmm. have some authority, have some power, some juice, to utilize it. For the betterment of our people. Yes. We, you know, why are we acquiescing? Why are we playing uh, their game? We don't need to do that. We mm-hmm. can stand up on our own two feet and we know what's right. We know what's wrong. We know the, the ills. Let's address it head on. Yes. You know, one of the things that I really appreciated about making it to the rank of superintendent was that I had the opportunity to sit at the table where the decisions were being made. Mm-hmm. because these decisions when I wasn't there was being made without us, without yes. a representative of us at mm-hmm. that table and really had not the, the, consideration of us was probably even not even a thought in their mind, but sitting at that table saying, wait a minute, what is it that you're saying you're doing? Yes. Why would you do that? Well, you know, the effects of that, mm-hmm. what's it going to cost, you know, speaking up and having the authority to do that. That's right. Being at the table um, was marvelous. I mean, that was a pinnacle of my career. I'll bet. I'll bet.
0: And, and I like what you said, too, because I often say it's not just getting to the table. It's having the authority to speak yes. and to be yes. heard. Absolutely. Because there are people who have the figurehead positions and they're just there. And it's like, oh, oh, oh. They, they, they say something and it's dismissed. But to have, be able to say something and to know it's going gonna, it's gonna to be worth something, that, that, that's huge.
1: You have to have the courage, Dion. It's not easy. It's been a battle, like I said, for 31 years, but you have to have the courage. And especially when you make it to uh, uh, the level that I made it to, it's not even the the positional authority that you have. I mean, Mm -hmm. that speaks to itself. Yes. But you have to have that personal authority too. The personal authority is all about who you are, who you really are. Uh, are you there just uh, because it's it's self-serving or are you there to serve others? Mm. Right. And if it's self-serving, then you might as well not even be there in my mind. Right. If you are in a position to help and to serve, you should. Yes. And that's the bottom line.
0: Absolutely. So, so what's next for you? 31 years in in the police force made it to the the highest position possible. You're a young man. You're still yeah. a young man.
1: <laughs> what are you, what, what you going to be, what, what are your plans? You know, I, I, I took a year off now. I've been retired for a year and uh, now I'm thinking I should uh, put my, dip my feet in the water again. So I'm going to be looking to get onto a board or a commission somewhere uh, where I can, uh, you know, add some value,
2: mm-hmm. just
1: a part-time, uh, just to keep my head uh, in the game. Um, nothing strenuous. And, and travel and do all the things that retired people do. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I really am, you know. Well, uh, the social aspect, uh, you know, working with community, um, uh, community, on community events and with um, different organizations, I'll still do that. I have been doing it, I haven't stopped, so mm-hmm. uh, I, will, I will continue to do that. But um, I'm okay, you know, one day at a time, I'm good.
0: That's fantastic. Well, I'm sure wherever you land, uh, uh, it, you'll be a huge asset because you're, 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 you're not only brilliant, but you're, you're very insightful and um, you know, you, you, don't have this massive ego. Uh, you, you recognize what really matters. And um, it's, 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 it's been a pleasure actually getting to know you over the years. And uh, I think you're a fantastic leader.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I know we're coming to the end of the interview, uh, but uh, maybe at another time we can uh, talk about a big problem in in Ontario anyway and probably across the United States is, is the carding issue. Um, oh. Yeah, carding, uh, if you're not familiar with the carding issue, it's, it's a, what we call street checks and it's about uh, the contact between police and, and civilians and mm-hmm. especially in our black community. So we can address that another time. It's a very fascinating conversation.
0: I would love to have you back on absolutely we we'll, we we'll, and we'll do that very soon so this will be, let's call this part 1 all right and we'll do the carding part 2 cuz i think that's that's relevant here that i guess i, guess, I think is not carding kind of a euphemism for a euphemism for like basically profiling profiling yes. people yes, yes. <laughs> okay. yes. So, yeah so so i think i think we'll, we'll i have to have you back on and we're going to talk about racial profiling the carding system, and we're going to do that. But we'll do it very soon. Let's discuss this very soon,
1: for sure. Okay, we can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I
0: would love to have you back on and discuss that because that's that's also a very hot topic that has affected many of us.
1: Yeah. Yes, yes definitely. And, and then we can even bring it back to how it's affected the the recruiting process. Um, there are a number of uh, individuals, uh, people um, that have been carded, and uh, it's been detrimental to them. Really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we can at another time we'll bring that we'll bring it full circle,
0: and we'll, and we'll do that very very soon. Okay. So in terms of this this show, what are some takeaways that you that would you like to share with the audience who's listening?
1: You know, um, throughout my life, um, the one thing that I feel really good about is that I I've always been true to who I am. You know, I know I'm a black man, and I make no apologies about it. I am so proud of me and my culture and the people around me, my family, I make no apologies for it. And Mm -hmm. I will speak up. I will, I will be black, Mm -hmm. you know, in front of anybody. And I dare them. I dare them to rebuke me on that because Mm -hmm. there'll be a lot of fire. What I say to people is that do not fear your greatness, embrace it, Mm -hmm. you know, live it. You know, don't be afraid. Don't, you know, this assimilation thing, you know, I know a number of officers that joined, black officers that joined, and uh, and now they're taking on a white facade. They want to be white. They want to be like the white officers. What kind of nonsense and garbage is that? Be who you are. Mm-hmm. Wow. You are. So if I'm going to address, address your audience, and it, it transcends policing, own it. Yes. Own it and be proud of it.
0: And, and you can be proud of who you are and still like other people. Like it's it's possible oh, to be that oh, way. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, that's the essence of it, isn't
1: yes, it? Exactly. Well, yes. in essence, if you don't yes. love who
0: you are, then how are you able
1: to love other people? You can't, you can't. You're exactly. faking it and you're it's it's a foolish proposition. No. Absolutely. Own it. Be proud of it. Absolutely.
0: So, well, I so appreciate you coming on today and um we're going to do part 2 very soon. Right. And uh if you like what you're hearing, please go to the iTunes page and uh, make a comment. You can also reach out to, to us. Where can people find you?
1: Do you want to be found? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. They can, Retirement? They can find me. Um, you know, if they want to uh, talk a little bit more, I, I'll give my email address. Uh, okay. It's K-M-E-R-I-T-H. That's Merith at Rogers.com, Rogers dot com. R-O-G-E-R-S. Dot com. And if they want to reach out, I'll respond. Yeah, that's fine.
0: That would be great. Cause I'm sure there's some people who could, could definitely get some, get some advice on how to uh, especially in their communities, how to increase the, the diversity pool and, and how to, how to kind of remove those systemic barriers that exist right now in, in different right. communities. So absolutely. Fantastic. All right. So lovely to
1: have you on. Great to
0: see you, Keith.
1: Thanks Dion. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks.
2: Bye-bye.